Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I'm like, this is so weird still because hey, it's just weird. You know, it's just weird to still think about. But um, how do I start this thing? Uh, do we do we just like I, I guess I just don't know how to like start uh, talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bro. It's very, words. very Let's strange. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just want to. Um, well, uh, this week, my grandma, my mommy, Juani, and then uh, Brooke's grandma, um, Grandma Betty, or what did, yeah, I just want to make sure you got the, the calling right. Um, passed away. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, to cheers them uh, to a long, fruitful life and you know, for giving us so many, so many things. And, uh, I know that we, we get bogged down in a lot of the, the stuff that sucks in life. And we're like, we don't know if we're going to make it. We don't know if we're going to this and that. And, um, but I will, I will really miss my grandma, um, kind of being the encourager and, um, someone who was always there. So, um, if you are listening and drinking, um, pour some out for them uh if you are just someone who likes to send out good vibes uh send out good vibes to them and our families and uh we hope that they're listening to the pod up there and uh that they're proud of us so we're just gonna keep keep rolling uh and we hope you enjoy this this next next episode on uh mental health so kind of a fitting episode so (laughs) so all right we we love you all so cheers cheers (laughs) nice Welcome back to another episode with the Health Unfiltered podcast. My name is Nicole, and I am with my two lovely co-hosts, Brooke and Roe. Say what's up, y'all. Hey, hey. What's up, y'all? There it is. (laughs) And we have a very, very special guest today, Ashley Shelley. Say hello. Hi, guys. Hello. (laughs) So excited for you to be here. And I'm just going to give you a quick little intro, but please feel free to add any other amazing things that you want to add about yourself because there are so many. So (laughs) (laughs) Ashley Shelley is a licensed professional counselor here in Nashville, Tennessee, and she specializes in working with individuals around anxiety, depression, building self-esteem and self-confidence. Ashley is also a certified yoga instructor, instructor, which I think is such amazing addition to your practice. And I personally know Ashley through the happy hour here in Nashville, which is a mental health studio. And she leads mindfulness classes as well as one-on-one therapy sessions there. But we are so excited to have you here and to have you shed a little bit more light on mental wellness and what that looks like. Is there anything that I missed in that intro that you want to add? <laughs> No, you know me, Nicole. I'm super <laughs> humble. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. But I was like, I have to add all these amazing things because the she can't leave it out. Man. I'd be like, no, yes, no. add this and this and this. And don't forget this. Here's my resume. <laughs> or, or I'm not coming on the podcast. Yeah. 
no, oh. that was plenty. You know, I'm a licensed psychotherapist, also, you know, a counselor. That's another way to refer to myself. But um, I'm also a certified yoga instructor and I'm super, I work through the lens of mindfulness, which is like being present. It's about connecting with your inner self. And a lot of times, like this is something that I, I was speaking about earlier in my event um, where I did some yoga and processing and things like that. Um, just about, you know, anxiety sometimes can be boiled down to control and being able to just kind of pinpoint like areas of control in our lives that we can attend to and how that may expand in our everyday life. So mm -hmm. that's it. Well, we're going to love that because nice. I feel like we're all control freaks. <laughs> so we need to like learn. Oh, no. <laughs> we need to learn another way. Yeah, I, I know like Brooke, since I've met her, like I thought type A people, like I knew they existed and like. <laughs> She's like S tier. She's like, no, no. <laughs> A is not enough for me. I'm A plus 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 plus. Like, okay. <laughs> yep. That's so accurate. But I can own that. I can own that. That's yes. why she met me. You, That's why the universe brought us together so we could balance each other out. <laughs> oh, oh well, um, I know I told you a little bit, Ashley, about the podcast, but we do a virtual cheers. We like to just have our you know, alcoholic beverage of the day together while we podcast. So what is everyone drinking? I definitely smuggled in to my office <laughs> uh, Sweet Carolina nice. hard cider. I, knew I felt like I was doing something you. wrong. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I'm doing something wrong, but like, I think it's fine. Just, like, I'm um, the boss here. you know, channel your, your old, like, college brook. I know, right? Yeah. If someone, it's all glass in the new office. So if someone walks by, they're gonna be like, "What is this chick doing in her pajamas, drinking on a Sunday in the office?" <laughs> That's me, though. You're like, "I'm okay. a boss, babe." Okay. <laughs> what see. about For you, Ro? Me, um, I'm home, and my dad, uh, he has this beer called Kentucky Bourbon Barrel, uh, or it's. I don't I don't know how to read the label. Uh it's a, a Kentucky L and it's called Bourbon Barrel maybe. Bourbon Barrel. Uh and it's <laughs> it's good. It's it's really dark. Um I opened it before so sorry for our ASMR fans who like the little ch -ch 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 -ch, but <laughs> daddy needed a drink real quick so that's where I'm at. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ashley, are you drinking anything tonight? Love it. I am. I'm finishing Ooh. up a bushwhacker. Oh, so it's a chilled, oh, wow. you know, alcohol. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. I had my session outside, and so I've been trying to cool off ever since then. So this is perfect. You can see, it's almost gone. I love it. I Yum. love it. I have a uh, beer as well. It's a hazy IPA, and it's from Sierra Nevada. It's called Summer Break, which I thought was perfect because it's breaking into the 90s now in Tennessee, and I don't know if I'm ready, but here we are. <laughs> I will say, I hopped off the plane today, and I was like, what is this feeling? Living in the desert, I totally forgot what humidity was like, and I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. And then my parents are like, hey, well, you can get the upstairs bedroom, and I'm like... Heat rises. You guys know this, right? Like, I'm going to die. <laughs> so oh. next time you see me, I'll be down 10 pounds just straight from water. So oh <laughs> it's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Chicago was humid. Oh, summertime shy is beautiful, but it's so humid. I mean, it's not like Mississippi humid, you know? Mm -hmm. Nothing will ever beat that. Um, but it's, yeah, it gets pretty humid. So 
That's so Speaking interesting. of South, Bushwhacker, <laughs> the last time I had one was when I was in New Orleans, like, I don't know, two and a half years ago. Those things are so good, though. They're dangerous. It was yeah. really nice to come across it. I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and shout out to the Chicago Connect. I didn't know you were a Shaw Towner. Okay, now. We, are you we're... from? Yes. I grew oh. up in Illinois, right outside, 10 minutes outside of the city. Where did you grow up? Maywood. Maywood. Yeah, we... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like to call myself a Chicago kid. I'm definitely a suburb. Um, but uh, yeah, we, or I guess my parents now live in um, Dundee. So it's like Northwest suburbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this place. I know my girlfriend will listen and be like, oh God. But I can't wait to move back <laughs> at some point, whenever <laughs> whenever that is. But yes. Surprise. Awesome. Yes. I love it. One of my favorite <laughs> stories about Roe is me and Brooke were actually going to a nutrition conference in Chicago. It was our first time ever being there. And I had drove up to Chicago in my car and I couldn't find street parking, of course. And but I didn't want to like have to end up paying like a hundred dollars a day to park in a garage. And okay. so I was like, Oh, um, you know, Rose our friend, maybe he could help. And so I texted him and he's like, Oh no, your car's deaf getting stolen. And I was just like <laughs> Like that was his like advice and I was like, Okay, so we're finding a garage. Man. Not much help if I'm not there, you know? Like, <laughs> what do you want like, me to say? Like, oh, I have this one spot. Like, what? <laughs> I was just she wanted the secret parking yes. connection. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I but don't that's have any Ro. of in a so. nutshell. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Cool. You're right. So, you know, let's get into this podcast and what we're talking about today. And like I said, I'm really, really excited to have Ashley on because she's going to be, we're going to be diving into this concept around the mind body connection and why this connection is so important regard in regards to our health and how we can incorporate this into reaching our goals and how we can become stronger in this practice if it is something like you're currently working on or if it's something like you never even knew mattered so I'm really excited because Ashley is so like well versed in this and she offers such an amazing like perspective and knowledge around it. So if you're ready, let's just dive into the questions. Okay. Cool. So Ashley, before we begin, I'd love to just know a little bit more on your background, what inspired you to become a licensed counselor and just a little bit more about your passion around mental wellness. Absolutely. Um, You know, I have that very interesting kind of cliche story. I knew what I wanted to be at age 11. I just knew I wanted to be a therapist. I saw there's this show, if you are um, tech savvy, you find it. It's called For Your Love. And there's this African-American woman. She's a psychologist. And it's a super cute show. It was on maybe when I was around 11. And when I saw her, I was like, huh, that's what I want to do. I know I wanted to be in the healthy field. But when I saw her doing it, I was like, that's what it is. And I've held on to that ever since and just allowed my journey to be what it was, what it is. I taught a little bit. I taught pre-K and that's very helpful, like in learning empathy and patience, Mm -hmm. all the things necessary for me to be an effective therapist, I feel. Um, So, yeah, I knew what I wanted to be from age 11 and I just allowed the process to kind of happen. I moved to Nashville to attend Fisk University where I um, completed my B.A. in psychology And I just stayed here. I went through my MA program here and I taught along the way. And then I transferred to um, um, a hospital setting. So I was a behavioral health therapist for a year and a half right out of grad school. And that was great. 
but I realized that I wasn't making the meaningful connections that I wanted to. Um, I worked in substance abuse treatment. So I was um, a good part of their overall treatment, but like being able to make that therapeutic connection and build that alliance in their relationship, which I believe is very important. Um, I wasn't able to do that there. So then I decided to go into private practice and melanin and mindfulness is my private practice. And I work through the lens of um, mindfulness and being present, connecting with the body, connecting with self, exploring self, getting to know yourself and um, releasing like expectations, external expectations, imprints that have been left from situations, from, you know, upbringing, all the things. And it's not a negative it's not always about, you know, mom did it or dad did it. It's like, that's your experience. You know, what message did you receive from that? And where can we explore and just, you know, modify some messages? So that's a little bit about me and the lens in which I come from. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Bro, Can you tell is... he doesn't talk about his feelings like ever? But also, <laughs> yeah, Ashley, Jesus. would you say that this is your body communicating with you, Ro, that like something needs to be explored? <laughs> no, you know, I think that um, I'm very trained in this also. I, you know, <laughs> I've watched a 10 minute therapy video. And I think if you just kind of keep like mashing it down, it just goes away. So. Um, oh you know, a, a long, long line of Mexican males and machismo came before me. So I'm just going to follow it. I'm just going to follow it until, until, it's, until I'm done. So <laughs> it should be fine. Oh, this is going to be so bad. Casey, I hope that you get a, a hold on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Casey needs great. to know no, what I, she's signing up for. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She knew. She knew a long time ago. Um, no, this stuff is still great, though. Like, I am really looking forward to it learning and dealing with myself off air for sure um <laughs> by myself so <laughs> it should be good ashley do you offer virtual sessions maybe Rogan can yeah. <laughs> i do i do nice. i offer virtual sessions and i also do guided meditations to help mm -hmm. us become more comfortable with exploring you know that emotional self because oh. um, nicole said it i'm all about the mind body connection and the a part of connecting is connecting becoming familiar recognizing, noticing that emotional self. And sometimes it takes, you know, just taking a step back and becoming comfortable with that part of yourself first. Which That's is really hard fair. to do. Yeah, yeah. super hard. <laughs> I, I have a real quick question I thought about. So you said you taught um, K through 12. Is that what you did? Oh, pre-K, pre-K. Oh, pre-K, okay, so. Yeah, before kindergarten. So even better. Do you find it uh easier to deal with kids uh, or adults because i feel like obviously there are plus and minuses but i don't know i feel like if you ask a kid what's wrong they're like this i hate this and it's like oh we can talk about that and an adult's like i don't know everything <laughs> just sucks uh, like, what are what are some parallels and differences that you you might have enjoyed um working with pre-k kids that's actually a very good observation. <laughs> that is exactly right. Like with children, I feel like even if, YouTube video. if they don't know, they're more open to explore, even if they don't yeah. have the words to say that, to articulate that. So if I say, oh my goodness, what's wrong? I noticed that you are not feeling well. Then just my prompting is like, I don't know what's wrong. Okay, well, let's talk about that. There's more room to explore. Whereas adults, yeah. there's like, We've had these experiences or plenty of experiences that's reinforced what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot layered and a lot of more layers to kind of go through. There's you have to build that rapport. You have to build that 
connection, that relationship, the trust before you can start going there. And that can happen quickly. I've been known to be able to build rapport and trust within like a 30 minute interaction. So it's just about the, the methodology. Yeah, it's the methodology. Cool. That's a Thank gift you. to be able to yeah. connect with yeah. humans like that. Mm-hmm. It's a gift and a responsibility. Yes. Oh, wow. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, thank you. You should go talk to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. That's a part of the responsibility, knowing when I can just, you know, allow someone else's journey to go on another way. Mm-hmm. True. Awesome. <laughs> so I know from previous conversations that we've had, and I've even gotten to take a couple of your group classes, which are amazing. You talk a lot about mindfulness and connecting with the body. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what mindfulness is and how it relates to the mind-body connection? Absolutely. Um, mindfulness. If we, if there's one thing to just kind of take away, one biteful, um, resting in the present moment. That's one way to be mindfulness. There's nothing mindful. There's nothing to do. Sometimes it can feel a little intimidating just hear that hearing that word. Like, well, how do I mindfully meditate? Literally just resting in the present is one way and one of the most significant ways to just be mindful. And the mind-body connection piece, how that comes in, if you rest in your present moment awareness, even if it's a split second, you you give your mind, your body, and just your awareness to come into um, this correlation, to be congruent. And so that's what present, what being mindful can allow the space to do. So for example, if you're feeling something really intense, if you're noticing that, you know, even if it was a situation that happened and you, a, a very intense feeling occurred, just being mindful, being present in that moment, it doesn't negate the feeling. It doesn't say, okay, this feeling doesn't have space. It just allows you to notice it. And then your mind and your body, you're all in one space together. We all notice this feeling. So how do we all move through this together? You know, to just keep us on one accord so that however we choose to move through this situation, we're all doing it in alignment. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love how you mentioned that it's your feeling and you're feeling it so intensely, but the others around you can also feel it. Like, I think we think about health as like this very individualistic thing, but it's so collective of how, you know, what we do like impacts the person next to us and then it impacts the person next to them. And so I really think that's such an important point to like touch on too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You said a mouthful because what it essentially does is give you a moment, like just to notice and to respond and to um, carry for like the energy that you would like to carry for it because it's a ripple effect. It's a domino effect. If you react in place of responding you can add like more issues than there has to be does that make sense yeah for sure so a lot of the times we see clients that are wanting to improve their physical health like that's their main focus their main goal but what would you say are practical ways to start incorporating that mindfulness and you know how these two things kind of correlate and Yeah, just like those practical ways of like, if you are trying to improve your physical health, why would incorporating mindfulness be important to do as well? Mm -hmm. I love that incorporating. This is collaborative. That's the whole point of keeping that alignment because it's collaborative. If you want your physical health to be at a certain place, you want your mental health to be there because we all work together. It all works together in the emotional health. And so what mindfulness does is is it gives you the opportunity literally to notice. That's one word that I always kind of use when we need when a person is like trying to conceptualize mindfulness and how it could work in other environments, how you can extend it, expand upon it. 
just notice. For example, if you notice that I have this plan, I have this workout plan, I have this eating plan, but it's not working. Continue. Don't move. Don't move away from it. When you're eating or you're you're putting your plan together and you notice resistance, just notice, you know, where's this resistance coming from? Is it something that I'm doing? Is it something that I'm feeling? And then you can attend to that feeling if you notice there's resistance because actually I really don't like this. I don't like the way this tastes. Okay, well, I noticed that I don't like the way this tastes, so there's an aversion to it. It's not going to help my overall physical health. So let's let's go there. What will make you what will taste good for you? And what will encourage you to incur what will encourage you to continue to work through your physical goals through just noticing, well, this doesn't taste good and this created an aversion to me following through on my physical goals. Mm-hmm. Notice. And mindfulness gives you the opportunity to notice resistance, to notice barriers, to notice challenges in a different way and to create a different relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I think so often, especially like with Brooke and I working in like the nutrition space, people are coming off from chronic years of like restrictive dieting and following all of these rules and rigid like practices and they don't even know why. And so when they say like this plan says that you should eat broccoli every day, but they hate broccoli. They just like internalize that and think it's something wrong with them and they need to fix it when it's just like, no, like there's a million other green vegetables that we can choose from. And so that's super important to know that, you know, you don't have to eat a certain way in order to be healthy. Like there's a million other ways we could go with it because there's so many different like foods to incorporate or whatnot. And so being mindful of that and knowing that information can lead you to like, a better practice that you're actually going to enjoy. Absolutely. Enjoyable and sustainable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, I have a question. So I know that um, <clears throat> because I deal with more like exercise and physical activity and there's a lot of times where myself and some of my clients are like, I just, I can't get into this because I have so many other things going on. Right. And it's it's very hard for for me to be like, oh, it's just like one hour, one hour and a half of your day. Like, just try and focus. Right. Because everybody's different. And I know that sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm just focused on other things. But what do you what do you say to to someone who maybe is like it like does enjoy it, really loves it, wants to be there, but is so like like how do, how do you get someone to I guess what are practical ways to get someone to practice mindfulness during their physical health or whatever that they're doing in that in that time if that made any sense at all my brain all the place. <laughs> it did it does it makes perfect sense and it's another one of those bite-sized words compassion to offer compassion you know where where's this resistance and what is it creating why is it creating this space you know what is my aversion to working out where's the the resistance. That's the word that I I keep coming back to because that's what it is when two forces are coming towards one another. If the goal is you to do something and then the other force is the actual practice, where's the tension between that thing happening? And so compassion for the tension, for that space. And so what that could look like is um, I would really like to work out for an hour and a half a day. Like I really want to. That's what I desire to do. But every time I I try to do it, or even if my my coach is telling me, walking me through a mentor, it's just not connecting. Mm -hmm. Take take time and notice and space and area and opportunity where you can just place compassion there. And if working out for an hour and 30 minutes isn't what you're able to do at this moment, 
maybe using this time to notice and just place compassion in a place where there wasn't compassion and see where that leads you. So you're saying I shouldn't just yell at my clients, tell them to suck <laughs> up and be like, you're gonna, you're killing okay. yourself. <laughs> right? No, I, I, I love that. Um, because even, I, I don't know, after you, if you've done this for, um, a long enough time, right? There are times where it's like, go home, you know, like forget mm-hmm. it. Today is not your day and that's fine. Where like so much of the culture in dieting and in exercising is like, you just got to nut up and you got to do it. And if you aren't, then you're failing yourself. And it's like, what I'm getting right off the bat so much of this is just like, if you need rest or if you're just not in it that day, then take that. Like there's so many other things. Like not exercising for an hour a day is not going to kill you. It's not going to do like detrimental harm or anything. So that goes out to all my exercise addicts and junkies out there. <laughs> well, it's interesting that we like set out on this quest, right? Like, you're like I want to move my body more and I want to eat healthier. But sometimes the way we go about it, it actually forces this disconnection. And then we're not actually thinking about ourselves as this whole human that has all these other different dimensions of health. And it's not just about moving your body and wh- what you eat. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of interesting how we like pushed ourselves into this corner here as an industry with fitness and nutrition and i hope i I feel like things are shifting Mm -hmm. and people are becoming more aware and understanding especially the mental and emotional piece but as well as like social health and all these other things play a role yeah absolutely how have you seen like now that we are starting to see how important this mental health like portion of our well-being is how do you see like when someone may not be as mentally or emotionally like well or strong or whatever word we want to use how does that like impact our physical health in like a tangible way like what do you kind of see come up in like physical health if someone isn't tending to their mental health oh my goodness um there's so many ways (laughs) that i see that show up and one I guess this is the most significant is, is one of the most recent that I've had to deal with. Um, it's interesting because it ties all the way into this. Um, I have, I'm working with a client who has um, issues around eating and body images, body image and things like that. And this has been an ongoing thing for her. And it's a mental thing. It has been a big, a large component of it is the mental aspect. Not feeling like I'm enough or, you know, love being attached to a number and really just the way that she sees her body. And it's interesting because this has been an ongoing challenge, but now it showed up because of like past eating disorders and just things like that. Like she's having trouble reproducing with reproduction. Mm -hmm. And so this is a prime example of some mental health, emotional um, concerns that are showing up in your reproductive organs. Mm -hmm. So that mind body connection is way more important than people realize because it's a mental thing. And as we're work, I've been working with her for um, over a month now, definitely over a month. And we've noticed changes just from talking about it, just for creating space to say, you know what, I'm having trouble here, literally, in this very sensitive space at a very sensitive time in life. And just the pressure and the anxiety and the control piece around that has been creating more issues in the reproductive. So that that piece alone is like your mind, your body, your emotions are all connected and they all are speaking to one another. So they show up and they manifest in a lot of ways. You're eating directly correlates, can directly correlate with your emotional health and can directly correlate with your reproductive health. 
And all of those things are definitely interconnected. So being able to connect with your emotional self can be very helpful for your physical self. The resource that like is coming to mind is the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which I know we've talked about in, um, I've read some of it. If you haven't read that book, you should definitely pick it up. But it does talk about how, um, you know, trauma and stress and just like that mental unwellness, how our body does keep the score and how like that can show up in our physical body. And it's very, very interesting to just like read all the research and the studies and like the, you know, lived experiences and stories um, around this concept of how mental wellness does impact that physical wellness. Well, I know like for me, <clears throat> uh, when I'm like deep in a training blocks, right, then you get really sore. So like a, a massage is great. I try to get one every five to six weeks. But during like the end of the semester or like really, really like mentally straining times, my body gets so fucked because I'm like, well, we just keep pushing. We just keep pushing. We keep pushing. We'll put that away. And like to the point where I'm not enjoying things in general, like I'm just in a crappy mood, but like even just getting a, a massage that releases so much tension that I know that like I hold within my body uh, that it's like, that's probably one of my most mindful is afterwards. I'm like, Oh wow. Like look at everything. I feel good. But like, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Like uh, so much of it is like stored in just, if we're always tense, right? Like we feel it on our shoulders and we feel it in our backs. And um, even just sitting in a tenth position for some of us eight hours, right? Like can really mess you up. So I, I should probably read that book. It seems really interesting. So <laughs> you would love it. Cause it has so much science and you would just geek out on it. <laughs> Science is bullshit, no worries. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll start a little book club. Yeah. yeah. We'll all read it together. Rose going to be like, I hate my life. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like to read. <laughs> so, uh, so, Ashley, what would you say to someone who is wanting to improve their mental wellness but may be a little hesitant, whether that's through one-on-one -on -one counseling or group therapy? What's what's the best way to start and take that leap? You know, that's a great one. And I'm glad you asked me that on the spot because one thing we could do and Rahelio mentioned it. Um, there are so many places that we try to have control and we don't recognize it, such as sitting in, sitting in a tense position. That's literally in whatever that may look like. It may be a physical position, but like being tense, like being tense, you, it, it create, you have to be and you make an effort to be tense. So one way to like literally just notice where you can release control is to release control over your breath and to just allow yourself to breathe. And that's one way to attend to your mental health. That's one step, because then it also offers the space for you to notice. Well, what may be the best method for me where I am? Meet yourself where you are like you are in your own stage of readiness It's for no one to tell you to um, judge, definitely support and encourage. But it's definitely your own step. So taking one step to like release control over your breath and just breathe. That's mm -hmm. one step to mental wellness. And then when you're in that space, once you realize, you know what, I'm more comfortable with just breathing. You know, what else may I be comfortable with? Would it be reaching out to a wellness studio, mm -hmm. um, going online and just doing a little bit of research about mental health services, those things, take whatever step that is most appropriate for you where you are. That's it. 
And I think something also, too, is, like, just normalizing. Because I know for me, like, when I first started, like, doing one-on-one therapy, it seemed very scary. And I was like, is this the right move? But I even had to, like, go through a couple therapists to just, like, find the right one for me. And, like, I don't know if you could touch a little bit on, like, that experience of, like, if you do jump and take that leap and you're working one-on-one with something somebody and maybe you're feeling like it's not the best fit, like, how to, like, go about, like, shifting and maybe, like, do you let the one-on-one, like, do you let your counselor know, like, hey, I don't know if this is the best fit or, like, do you ghost them? Like, what is, like, the best <laughs> thing to do there? It's like dating yeah. where you just, like... <laughs> It kind of nope. does feel like dating. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> you can do either. Then you ghost them, 100%. <laughs> you can ghost your therapist if you don't feel comfortable. And I can say that because I'm on the other end of it. And I also encourage people to interview. And that doesn't have to be like an extensive like interview. Ask a few questions. I don't care if it's via email before you even go into it. If your therapist has enough time to answer questions, great. That may mean that this may be an appropriate fit for you for where you are right now. If he or she doesn't, that's okay. You reach out and you email a few others and you make that make that a priority to know that you can interview them. Like the same thing, like you have consult, like your therapist may give you a consultation. The same goes for you as a person who's seeking these services. And if by chance you enter into a relationship and realize, you know what, this actually isn't a good fit. And what if it feels most appropriate to just not return based on whatever the situation is? You do that. You do what feels right to you. That's what it's about. And that creates that trust and being able to trust your voice and trust yourself and knowing that you're guiding yourself to what's most appropriate for you. That's it. So, Ashley, you're saying you've never (laughs) stood outside of like an old client's house with a boom box. (laughs) I want you back. Are you you up? Please. (laughs) (laughs) If you say no, a part of me doesn't believe you. (laughs) You know? Romance is to be true. (laughs) I allow people to, you know, make their choices and go the way that feels most appropriate to them. Because (laughs) I truly believe I only want you here if you want to be here. And that, you know, that's meaningful. And it's not like not any slight against anyone. But like literally, if you literally want to be here, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't feel good, but you want to be here, that's who I want every time. Every time. Absolutely. All right. I believe you. I like that you said that, though, Ashley, because as coaches, too, like, we feel the same way because I feel like that it feels like there's a lot of pressure on us when someone comes to us. They feel like we're going to save them or we're going to fix them or we're going to solve all their problems. And this is a partnership. You know, you have to be just as, like, excited and willing to show up and, like, put in the work and the effort because, like, we're not, like, we're not saviors. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that is something that does get, like, lost in translation. Lost in translation. Say it again, girl. <laughs> exactly. It's because, like, even if it's, un- we do things that are uncomfortable all the time. Like, literally, when it's time to go on a roller coaster, it's like, yeah, this is exciting. I've stood in line for three hours to do this. Mm-hmm. And once I get in, it's like, oh, snap, I'm really doing this. But you want to be there regardless of like the scary, all of those things, you still show up. And that's what I want. I want, I appreciate when people are uncomfortable with being, are comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the best for me. I can work with that. Mm -hmm. And that takes practice. You know, you're not always going to be like, oh yeah, like this is awesome. I'm going to do it. You know, you constantly have to like push yourself into that unknown space 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it really ever gets easier. I think you just continue to level up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you say that, like, how would you describe, like, the difference between group therapy and one-on-one therapy? Very good question. As a private practice therapist, um, I don't notice, I don't see a lot of private practitioners um, offering groups, but I am. And I'm really excited to do so because the group dynamic and the individual session dynamic is so different. With the group dynamic, you have this space where I feel like sometimes people present an individual therapy and feel like they're the only one. Like, this is my problem and I'm the only one dealing with this problem. Mm -hmm. What the group dynamic does, I feel like for me, sometimes it gives just that openness, the community. Even if you're not talking, it's not always about talking to this person who's in a group. It's just about being in that space, being able to connect differently. You know, your individual space is definitely for you to process some things. But, you know, the group dynamic gives you the opportunity to um, have a sounding board in a different way. Here's someone who may be dealing with the same thing, but approaching it, approaching it differently. So I enjoy like, first of all, I'm a social person, so social butterfly. So anytime I can have like more than one person around, it just gives me like that, that energy. I love to feed off and make that connection and just help people see like we all doing this together. We all in this together. And I feel like sometimes people are a little more comfortable in groups, even if they don't share, they're more comfortable just absorbing the information. So I think it just kind of creates a different comfortability as well sometimes. I wonder yeah. if that's like, <laughs> I know we joke about like having trauma bonds, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, it, I guess it's kind of kind of that, right? Where you're, it's like what you do with your friends from like specific things. Like, oh, these are my work friends and we really hate this part of work. And so we get it even though we all like have separate lives outside of it. Is that like a fair way of like thinking about what, what group therapy might be like? Absolutely. Nicole touched on it earlier about the stigma, the stigma behind it. And when you think about it, like you say, work friends, these could be like my therapy friends. I may not talk to my work friends or my family or my close friends about therapy for whatever reason, there may be some uncomfortability with me sharing that piece of me. But then you come into this group space and you're like, there's no explanation needed here. Like we know when we come here, this is what we're coming here for. Even if I share, if I don't share, I know this is the space for that. So it does create that different kind of relationship. And sometimes it needs to be separate from other relationships. And sometimes it can be integrated in. Wow, I love that. I love that. Like thinking about people being like, these are just people that know me for this one thing. And they're not going to judge me because they're going through that same thing or something else. So I think that that um, I, I know like. I have my own, you know, things which are fine. But <laughs> when I when I think about people that might be like uh, averse to to therapy, like for me, that sounded like it would be like, oh, well, that would be like really opening because it's just like a group of people who might be going through the same thing. So, um, yeah, for anyone that that heard that and was like, oh, maybe we should try that. Absolutely. Go try it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even just like being a part of like a mindfulness class or like something like that if you do have access to that wherever you're at it's so interesting to be sitting next to a stranger and then like you share a part of like your story about like whatever y'all may be discussing and then they're like oh yeah like I related to that so much and it just it proves like how much more we are alike than we are different even though you know this per like me and this person have never crossed paths before like how did we just relate to each other but that's just like how humanity works. Mm-hmm. That connectedness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I know you also teach yoga. Could you tell us a little bit more about that practice? And would yoga also be a good place to start for someone wanting to improve their mental wellness if they weren't quite ready to like step into this like therapy counseling space? Absolutely. You know, that's a great question. I was just talking to some colleagues and peers earlier about yoga and how it can definitely be individualized. And that's my approach. Um, I am not your typical yoga instructor. I probably don't even look like your typical yoga instructor, which is great. That's not that's exactly what I'm going for, because my approach is to like really incorporate yoga into therapy. So I'm actually I offer yoga therapy. So we do different yoga poses and like with each pose we process like there can be a question depending on what you're presenting for. If you're just coming to just explore like we go through each pose and we process a question and then afterwards you journal and then we go into a little bit of processing, which is just discussing, thinking about talking about the things that may have come up. And so for someone who may be looking for a different mindful practice or a holistic or healthy practice uh, also could be possibly a therapeutic practice. Um, definitely, if you are interested in yoga, but just like you would interview or um, I guess you would what did I, consult, consult your therapist, I would also encourage you to do that with your yoga instructor, yoga class, because what you don't want is for you to commit to something or have an idea for something that creates more of an aversion to what you're trying to do. So if you go into a yoga class and really what you want is some low impact, you know, I just really want to like ease into it. And you go into a hot yoga class that's completely the opposite. It's like it's counterproductive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, I would just encourage you to explore some of those things or, you know, reach out to me, uh, reach out to someone, a resource and just ask questions about, you know, how could I possibly work with yoga therapeutically? Those types of things, because I do believe it is a beautiful, mindful practice for me, but it's because I also make it my own. It is non-threatening. It's not about the technicality of it. It's not about the structure. It's about aligning with your body in that moment and allowing your body, your mind and your spirit to just be one. And it may not look like a perfect yoga pose. There's no such thing. It's about connecting. It's about being present. It's about the practice, not the skill or the technique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was, like, I was like, I have a lot to say. No, it's great. Um, well, I know one of the things that, and, and we talked about on here before, um, a lot of the the reasons back in, I don't know, 2013 when I like really got into stuff is because I was like running away, really running away from plenty and I was like, the gym is the only place where I feel like fine. I just want to keep going, whatever. Um, but like, at, at what point is it like I'm I'm doing this as my form of therapy? But really, it's because I'm like not trying to deal with stuff. And what you're talking about, like how how would you, from an outsider's perspective, be like, hey, you're running away, and also maybe someone who. You know, what are signs for someone who might be doing that so that, like, if they're listening, they're like, oh, shit, that's <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And I had no idea. Um, literally exactly what you said. Be curious. Nailed it. Like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> be curious. Like, if you notice, this is perfect. Nicole and I, we may have talked about this at the happy hour. It's not always about, like, changing something all the time. It's not even about the output. Sometimes just noticing because what it may look like is as you're getting ready to go to the gym, you're packing your things together. Literally just take a moment and say, well, you know, why? Or notice why without even questioning. I'm going to the gym and I would much, it may be more helpful for me to like sit with my thoughts. 
And if you notice, okay, well, there's a way that I may be able to incorporate them both. Instead of doing high intensity weight lifting, you know what? You know what? I'm going to do like some leg curls and just kind of sit and process. That way it's not about removing the practice because it may be a beneficial practice. It's about just noticing and doing it, moving through it differently, creating a different relationship with it, like creating a different relationship with food. And this is where I'm going with Nicole. We, we spoke about this. It's not always about saying, you know what? I don't need to have this. It's about noticing. Why am I having it? Or why do I feel like I don't need to have this? And then create a different relationship with it moving forward bit by bit. Yeah, it's so powerful when you go from those external like rules, like you're looking externally for like rules to follow or this is what I have to do when we're able to realize that like our body is so like capable and powerful of like talking with us and like being for us if we would just like sit with it and listen Um, because I mean, I know I was exactly like that too in college of, you know, I would have a really stressful day or so much would be going on and it felt like so out of control. And I would just be like, well, the gym it is when I don't know how many moments like could have, yeah, like could have been more helpful if I had just like gone for a walk or like sat outside and read a book. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like there's just so many other things that we can do to tend to like ourself and our needs, but we've been so conditioned to believe that it's, you know, intense movement or exercise or intense like dieting, things like that. And it's all, it's also interesting, like what you can learn the more like you get to know your body and like your emotions and like what you actually need deep down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like one of the things that I've noticed is like, so anytime I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to go and do some like light movement. I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I I love lifting so much and it's part of my life that I'm like, if I'm in here, then I'm in here for a reason. And it's not just to like <laughs> feel good or whatever. Um, but getting Casey getting the Peloton has been really great because it's, it's so different from what I'm used to. And then I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to ride for a half hour and just like chill. And if I decide to push my heart rate up, awesome. If not, it's fine. But it's it's because it's completely different that I don't feel like some some deep sort of like, hey, you need to push it or you have goals or whatever. Um, That's been really great. But but, you know, I I really only thought about that because Nicole was like, there are so many times that my life or health could have been so much better if I just walked or read a book or something. Instead of just being like, we're just going to keep mashing it. We're just going to keep mashing (laughs) it until you just fall apart mentally and physically. So, yeah. Do something else, right? I, I think that's, like that's pretty imagining. good. Good, <laughs> good advice. Do something else. <laughs> I just like imagine my body being like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I just want to rest. Oh, yeah. Like, I just want to go and like take a nap. <laughs> and then I'm just like, no, oh, this is what we need. <laughs> if walls could talk, right? For most people, like, hey, uh, this is really messed up what you've been doing for the past 20 years. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Some more caffeine and we're out of here. <laughs> Yeah, literally earlier, I was just like getting that kind of like afternoon crash. And I'm like, okay, my first instinct would go make another like cup of coffee, even though it's like 2 p.m. But I'm like, I was like, no, Nicole, you're going to go get a cold glass of water and you're going to go sit outside and you're going to see if that helps. And that's amazing progress, because when I think about Nicole, like three years ago, that would have never happened. So it's even like those little moments when you're just like, oh, wow, like I was able to like sit and like think of something else besides this thing that's supposed to like 
send me into like high alert because like, you know, caffeine does that. But Mm -hmm. so that was, that was a cool moment. (laughs) (laughs) Growth. I like it. (laughs) But but how how much of that, uh, and this is, I, I guess a question for everyone too. Like how much of that is just like, that you're in a totally different place in life, right? Like mm-hmm. right now you work for yourself. Like you, we have the flexibility to be like, fuck it. I'm not going to work on this right now. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're like grinding in a nine to five or something like, you know, like do you have that same option being like, I'm going to sit outside and not answer any emails. And my boss is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like we need to get this stuff done right now. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I just like, I don't know why a part of me was also like, whoa, but also like, you mm-hmm. know, there, there's realism to, For to sure. so much of what we say. Like everyone should practice because, like, there's plenty of times where even us, we're like, we, I don't have the time to, mm. to do that. And I think that, like, I know we all respect it, but it should be said that, like, we respect that there are seasons of life where mm-hmm. you just can't do that or can't do it as much as, you know, we would like for you. <laughs> we would like for you mm-hmm. to, especially our clients. So yeah. No. I guess that's a really great thing to bring up with you too, Ashley, of just like mm-hmm. when you're thinking about like a past self and you're like, oh, why was my past self able to do X, Y, and Z, but like now I can't do it or great like question. maybe it's vice versa. Like that's a big thing that, I mean, I know I think about and I feel like other people probably think about it too. What do you kind of say in those, in that situation of when you're comparing your present self to your past self? That's a great question. Um, the comparing piece. That's that's always interesting, I will say, because he says something very important. Rogelio, not he. Rogelio says something very important. That's you are in a completely... <laughs> you're in a completely... No, just a little pause. One of my favorite students, his name was Rogelio, and I'm talking about love. Let's go. Not a very common <laughs> name, so anytime Bro there's good Bro is definitely things. going to therapy now. <laughs> yeah, He's I got to... Like, you want a new client? I'm here. You just... Actually, as get, far get as his I'm credit card ready. I'm your favorite, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Best. Oh my gosh, the best laid back attitude. And I'm talking about pre K. He was my guy. So when I saw him, I was like, Rogelio, yes. Man, I'm a kindergartner at heart, so no worries. <laughs> it's all good. It was perfect. But no, you brought up a great point. Like, Nicole's in a different phase of life. And sometimes it may be helpful to think about it as modifying. I may not be able to do self-care or attend to myself in the way that I was five years ago, but I have an opportunity to do it differently. For example, I'll use myself. Five years ago, I was in grad school. Um, Self-care looked completely different. At the time, I really wasn't even connecting with the idea of what I was doing as self-care. And what that looked like was on days when I had many papers to write, I would spend a day writing those. And then the next day, I wouldn't, regardless of how I would like to like attend to my, because that was a control thing. I like to have my assignments done at certain times and just being able to step away from it. That was self-care for me then. That doesn't really apply to me now. But what I could do now in my very busy lifestyle is connect with my breath. And that's something that we all have, everyone, no matter what phase of life we're in, no matter what our workload, whatever, wherever you are, you have your breath. And so just connecting with your breath, taking a moment. If you cannot walk away from your desk and go step out and not answer emails, you can pause for a second and take 30 seconds and just breathe. That's one thing you can do. So regardless of what phase you're in, as you evolve, I would challenge you. And that's always a challenge to notice an opportunity to attend to your need right where you are. So if the best thing you can do is not fix a cup of coffee and fix water instead, do that. 
That's it. The so baby easy. Steps that you mentioned. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you- but but really, because it's like, oh, like a therapy is such a like a huge step, right? It like I gotta call someone, I gotta date someone, I gotta figure out if we're okay, and it's a time thing. But if it's hey, take thirty seconds to breathe, I'm like, oh, I can. I can do that. (laughs) That's something I commit to easily. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's about just meeting yourself where you are. It can be so intimidating to think that, you know, in order for me to meet these self-care needs, the mental health needs, in order for me to do that, I have to do it this way. That can be an aversion to someone. But what we can all do is connect to our breath. And even in that 30 seconds, you may be able to think of something else you could do. Even if it's leaving at 530 instead of 545 those things and then um, allow it to expand allow the practice to expand naturally and organically within yourself i love it i love it i don't think i need therapy i'm just gonna listen to this episode over and over again <laughs> yes. it's great um, this might be I'm the like, best fucking episode i've ever done <laughs> like, i'm, I'm serious. like all right <laughs> i'm like i know that i'm biased but i am like i don't i don't want this conversation to end and Oh. I'm just very, very thankful that you. This is our group therapy. Like, yes. Like, I mean, <laughs> next time, you know, we'll have you back on and Ro will have a list of his problems yeah. to talk about. Those will like, be I'm his just, questions. I've been waiting so long for this. Okay, let's start right from the top. <laughs> oh, you guys, this was awesome. It was so much fun. You should definitely have me back on. You never know. You might yes. want to have a little mental health corner. I'm, oh. I'm your I got you. I, I love am it. Become so part thankful. Of the podcast, yeah. yeah. I also like I love the concept of the happy hour and Nicole's told me a little bit since she's been spending time there and I was like this is the coolest thing is it open to people like if I'm to come visit Nashville are there like group classes and things that like people can just attend without being clients mm-hmm. you oh, just okay. if I'm not mistaken Nicole yeah. does all of the the fancy detailing work <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken like you can literally just pop in day of like especially yeah. with classes with individual sessions I want to say you need at least three hours but mm-hmm. that's still the day of you can still mm-hmm. see a therapist the day of but like with the classes we can just pop in and just sit and be like and do that yeah it's so much more accessibility to it mm-hmm. I think without the um the stigma mm-hmm. you know it's not about oh I have to go through this um list of things I have to do this and fill out this paperwork no I just you know what I need about 50 minutes to be mindful some guidance to just kind of settle and you can do that you have the opportunity to do that we create space to do it. well the happy hour does the happy mm-hmm. hour creates space for you to do that very cool. Yeah. If, if like there's a time that you know that you would be in town, you can literally just go on their website and go ahead and schedule the class for that day. And yeah, you don't have to be a client. They wanted to make this space where it was like as easy to like sign up for a yoga class as it was to sign up for like a therapy session. And so it's really, really cool. Like, I mean, you, even if you were just having a bad day, like you could walk in and just like use the lending library, you could sit down and journal, like it's just an open space. And it's really, really cool to, to see something like this kind of cultivate and pop up in the city. When I went to uh, North Carolina, Brooke finally made me do a yoga class. So <laughs> can never visit Tennessee. Otherwise, Nicole's going to be like, guess what I fucking planned. <laughs> We're going to see Ashley. (laughs) And I think the only reason 
Like the only reason Roe was convinced is because the yoga class was inside a brewery yes. and you mm-hmm. got beer after. Ashley, you bring alcohol, <laughs> I'll tell you all my problems. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you even worry about it. <laughs> She's like, I got a bushwhacker <laughs> machine in my office. <laughs> Ashley, we're trying to worry. like manifest that we will be like be on tour one day and that we're gonna be like podcasting from a beach. So if that ever happens, you're coming along. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't you tell me nothing. I mean, it happens. I will write down. Exactly. Like, I'll hold it. I'll hold you guys to it. I'm like, oh no. But this is Too probably going to be. Baby steps, baby steps. This will be the podcast that puts us on the map because you've been incredible. Yeah. So thank you so much. So and good. I definitely so want good. to like leave space to just like let, um, like where can our listeners connect with you if they are wanting to learn more or like ask questions, seek out your services. And we'll definitely like leave this in the show notes as well, but I want to give you some space to share your info. Boom. Well, I appreciate that. Um, well, I think the easiest way to find me and then you can find my Instagram handle is my blog. I blog. It is me and my wellness and it is M E A N D M I. Mm, because it's melanin and mindfulness. You got it? Play mm-hmm. on letters right there. Yes. <laughs> so me and mywellness.com and you'll be able to like get to know a little bit more about me. All those things are things that I do. I literally just, you know, post pictures about me out and about in Nashville, sessions in the city. That's one of my pages. Um, so we just talk about little things that I'm doing around the city. Um, today I did a, a whole event. So there are so many ways to connect with me, but you can definitely find me on my blog and then on Instagram at me and my underscore wellness m-e-a-n-d-m-i underscore wellness yes definitely connect with ashley you will not (laughs) yes you will not regret it she is amazing and i could not like speak more highly of you seriously oh my gosh nicole thank you so much (laughs) you are so welcome but i'm just gonna give us a little outro even though (laughs) we don't (laughs) yeah I'm here it. for it. Okay. And rightfully so. It. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's a bad Bro, thing. Bro, you're great. Oh, Brooke, good. you're great. Ashley, you're great. <laughs> I'm like, don't forget about me, guys. <laughs> she already I'm said the favorite, you're her favorite remember? student. <laughs> <laughs> I need more validation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh my well, God. thank you again. And just a little outro here. Ro and myself are currently accepting clients. Ro is the master of all things exercise and performance. And I do all things intuitive eating health at every size and then brooke is a our dietitian that specializes in athletic performance and body recomposition so you can join the wait list to work with her one-on-one for nutrition coaching and then of course give us a follow on instagram at health unfiltered pod and keep those nice awesome reviews coming angry reviews, <laughs> angry reviews. <laughs> yes rate <laughs> us and share us leave a review um we'll be sure to leave all of ashley's information and in the show notes so you can reach out to her as well but thank you so so much again i cannot yeah, wait to have you back you. on ro needs to have you back on Brooke, do you want to lead us out? I'd be honored. Cue that music. Uh, Peace out, y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye.